What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of From Broadway to Belmont. I am your host, Kevin Koff, and with me today, not as always, is not Chris Elms. Chris is out on the lovely atmosphere that is Charleston, South Carolina right now on a little trip. So it's just me for tonight. And quite frankly, I wasn't going to do an episode this week, wasn't going to do a solo pod, didn't honestly even didn't realize it was Wednesday yesterday because I didn't have my podcasting partner with me to to remind me. But here I am. It's Thursday night, a day after we usually post. It's eleven fifteen. Figured I'd hop on for a quick 20, 25 minutes and kind of talk about the state of the union. It was a huge week. I felt like it would be remiss not to talk about what happened, even if it's only me, which is not as exciting. I don't uh me and Chris obviously we balance each other out. I don't bring the same energy he does sometimes, you know. Um, but I'm here to give you my little reasoning about things that happened. I'm obviously pumped up. The Islanders are in the playoffs. Spoiler alert. I was dancing around my apartment. I live alone. I was dancing it up last night. I was loving it. But a lot of other things happened too. So I'm going to get the brief overview. We're going to see where we stand. We know the Eastern Conference playoff matchups. Um, I'm watching the Sharks and the Oilers right now. I've got 10 minutes left. It's 4-2 Oilers. And Vegas is up one nothing on Seattle. So a lot of exciting things in the West, but mainly going to focus on the East tonight. And I think we have to start with the New York Islanders. <laughs> I can only laugh to myself thinking about this last week. Absolutely crazy. Because I'm pretty sure Chris and I recorded last week. I'm also doing this on the fly. So this is I haven't looked up anything. This is totally unfiltered. We're just going to roll with the punches. I think that's what from Broadway to Belmont is kind of all about. Chris and I never really prepare anything. We have a little notes agenda, a shared note on our iPhones that has three agenda points probably in bulleted lists. Um, and that's it. <laughs> so we don't really know what each other are going to say. We just kind of go with the go with the flow. And that's what I'm doing tonight. So yeah, we did record last week. So let's see where the Islanders stand. This is much harder, by the way, by myself than with a partner to bounce off of because I feel like I'm talking forever and it's only been two and a half minutes. So the last time we left off, they had just lost two in a row to the Lightning and the Hurricanes and things were looking quite bleak. However, they follow up. Don't really even want to talk about these two games. Real big win in Tampa Bay, 6-1. to one. Sorry, against Tampa Bay. They were at home. And then they beat the Flyers 4 nothing at home as well. I was at that game. Awesome crowd. Awesome atmosphere. Uh, you hope they beat the Flyers. It was kind of a trouncing. Both teams knew in the third period that the game was over, but there were a couple big moments. Obviously, Sorokin played well. Um, who else scored in that game? Mayfield, Nelson, Bolduc, which was fun, and on uh, Hudson Fashing. So that was good. But I think the real moral, if not the right word, of the story is these last two games, right? Because – Islanders, Florida Panthers, Pittsburgh Penguins, all with two games left. If Florida and the Islanders went out, they're in. Pittsburgh has hoped for a miracle, and a miracle they got. The Islanders go into Washington, and they gave up two goals in the first minute and three seconds of the game. That alone, it's enough to bring an atheist to his knees. I mean, there's no... Logical explanation for what happened. I, I, <laughs> I think I got back from the gym. I rushed upstairs, threw the game on. I started to make dinner because I live in a one bedroom. My kitchen is right in view of my television. 
and they score. I'm like, okay, that sucks, but you know, you bounce back. And then they score again. And then Craig Smith adds another one about 10 minutes later, and you're like, man, it's like, who is, who is that on? I don't think it's on Wayne. I don't think it's on Wayne Lambert because you got to have players ready to play the game. It's the biggest game of the season. You know, you're probably going to be Montreal on Wednesday. So just come up for the Washington game. And you're basically in the playoffs. Regardless, Islanders kind of make it a game. They make it four to a one point four an empty netter. They gave it a push. Ultimately, wasn't there. But now it's like that agonizing twenty four hours where you just lose to Washington. And who does Pittsburgh have coming down the pike? They got Columbus and they got Chicago. And it's like, man, that that might have been it. And I can remember that 24 hours being like totally miserable because I feel like I don't get too high and low anymore. But that was one of the worst regular season losses I have seen. And I was in attendance in Philadelphia with my parents for the Yaroslav Halak muff that ultimately cost them clinching a playoff spot that night and home ice advantage in the 2015 playoffs where they were sending off the Coliseum. So that's the bar we're at with that regular season loss. But by some miracle, the hockey gods, (laughs) the hockey gods bless the New York Islanders for the first time in my 24 and a half year life. They blessed the New York Islanders. The Chicago Blackhawks went by Petter Morazic and Buddy Robinson, the GOAT. The guy's got like three goals in 70 career games. It was his first game of the year. He's an AHL fighter. They won the game. I, I, I'm sitting here watching it. My mind is blown. I, they should really. I mean, there's been jokes all on Twitter the last few weeks, but there really should be a Tristan Jari banner hanging in UBS Arena because he was not good again. He hasn't been good against the Islanders many times. And even if you think about a couple months ago, Pittsburgh was up 3-1 to one with 10 minutes left in the third against the Islanders before they stormed back. Those are the little things. That's why you play 82 games. It's those little moments in there, here and there, that make this so special. And of course, we know what happens next. The Islanders come into Montreal. Brendan Burke gives a wonderful monologue. He skips his TNT assignment. He comes to the UBS arena, and the Islanders win 4-2. to two. I threw 50 bucks on them, minus one and a half. I was a double winner. What a game. Brock Nelson gets it started. Rem Pitlick ties it. And then Hudson Fashing, the best story of the season, gets a goal followed by Brock Nelson again. Suzuki gets an unbelievable goal shorthanded. Samuel Bolduc looked like a clown on it, but Anders Lee gets power play goal with exactly four minutes to go. And that just about did it. I mean, the place was absolutely rocking. I wasn't in attendance. My parents were. A couple of my buddies were. Um, <laughs> I just remember. I mean, I say I remember. It was literally last night. But yeah, just the highs and lows. You know, I, I, I'm like at a loss for words about how the season transpired because it's so crazy to me that they got put in this position. They fought. They clawed their way back. You know, Pelic misses 20 plus games. I think Palmieri missed 16. Barzell's been out for a couple of weeks with still no return in sight. And they find a way to claw and claw their way back against all the naysayers that made fun of, choose my words very carefully there, made fun of the Bo Horvat trade. Um, it's a great feeling. And I mean, I think the team really banded together there at the end. And quite frankly, it does not matter how you get in. It matters if you get in. And kudos to Wayne Lambert. 
for getting in in his first season. Obviously, some highs and lows. I remember, you know, there are some times in the year, especially during that January losing streak, I'm like, does Lou Lamarillo pull the plug on Lane Lambert this early? He's got a reputation for it, but I'll give Lambert credit. He sorted it out. He seems like he feels more comfortable in his shoes now, or at least you kind of get that sense when you watch him and you watch the team. But it's just the epitome of faith. And I mean, I think it's really awesome to see the Islanders do this. So, you know, we'll see what's in store. It's going to be very, very interesting, but they made it. And I think that was the mantra all along, the thing that we were saying all year, both Chris and I, and everybody out there, a lot of people out there. If this team can just make the playoffs, who knows what happens, right? And that's obviously a big crux of that is, will Matthew Barzell come out? Will he play? I think it's more likely he probably plays for game three than game one, but He's been skating before the practice. I think he needs a few practices in there, but is Barzell at 60, 65% fighting through that injury better than Bailey and Holmstrom on that top line? I don't think it, I think it's a no-brainer. So that's going to be interesting. You got to hope Romanov is back. I mean, he's a huge part of this team now. His second half of the season, along with Sebastian Ajo, were incredible. He really sorted himself out. He's looking like a fantastic defenseman. I hope this injury doesn't harm him too much in the long term. I don't know what it is. I don't know when it happened. I don't know when he's due back, but he's day-to-day. So it would be great to see him. I really don't want to see Sam Bolduke as much as I love him as a player in those bright lights. So you're going to hope Romano's back. I think that's more likely than seeing Barzell for game one, but hopefully Barzell's here by game three. That's what you kind of got to hope at this point. Um, but yeah, it's exciting. They clawed their way back. And the reason I'm recording this on Thursday night is because Florida and Carolina played tonight in which crazy game. I did not watch any of it, but just looking at the score sheet, that was wild. Regardless, the Panthers win six. Sorry, the Hurricanes redact that minus one on the stat sheet. The Hurricanes win six to four. The Hurricanes win the Metro. Panthers fall the wild card two. And the New York Islanders will be traveling to Raleigh, North Carolina. First time down there in a playoff series since 2019 when they were swept in round two. So it's not going to be easy. Everybody knows that. I think they're going to get corseed to death by the Hurricanes shots. I'm also very concerned about going up against Jacob Slavin and especially my arch nemesis because this guy puts everybody on the Islanders in Alcatraz Island, Jordan Stahl, probably in my opinion, a top three defensive forward in the league. I don't think he gets enough credit for it. Big body, awesome defender. It's going to be rough playing in Carolina just because of that line matchup. And the Hurricanes are good. They're fast. They'll grind you down. They take a lot of shots. I mean, Sorokin's going to be really sharp, but the Islanders just going to have to play that neutral zone game and just wait for their chances. I mean, I like it better now that Sveshnikov and Pacioretty are both hurt. Obviously, you don't want to see any player get hurt, but it certainly helps the Islanders having those two guys out, so... I haven't really gathered my total thoughts yet, but I think that it's a decent matchup for the Islanders. Do gun to my head. Do I think they win? I don't know. <laughs> I think I think this goes six or seven. I don't exactly know if the Islanders make to the second round, but I think a lot of that, as much of the season did, predicates on Ilya Sorokin. So we'll see how good he can play. He had a really good first round in Pittsburgh two years ago kind of got shell-shocked in game one against Boston. So he's had another year, two years, actually. They missed the playoffs last year. 
He's had another two years to kind of get used to this North American game. We'll see if he can do it. We'll see if he can step up to the plate, go to bat, and be that franchise goalie for the Islanders. So very curious to see what happens. Hurricanes 52-21-9. Not an easy matchup, but that's what you get when you're in the wild card. Overall, though, really awesome matchups in the East. Yeah, Boston-Florida, which I think is going to be a lot harder for Boston than people think. I, I think Boston's a little bit more vulnerable than people think. Florida, the goaltending is a big question mark. I don't think you can start Alex Lyon in the first round. I think you got to go back to Bobrovsky. Um, Toronto-Tampa, I think the door is open for Toronto to win this year, especially with all of Tampa's injuries. But I find it hard-pressed to bet against Stamkos, Point, Kucherov, Hedman, and Vasilevsky in a seven-game series. But we will see how that goes. And then the big one, um, obviously I'm not as tuned in, even though I know my fair share, um, is the Devils and Rangers. I mean, that is a freaking awesome matchup. I know Chris was hoping for the Hurricanes because the Rangers have played the Hurricanes really well in the past, but no matter which way this series goes, Devils or Rangers, man, there's going to be some bad blood. Stay off Twitter. Stay off social media. Don't comment anything stupid. The digital footprint is real. Uh, this, this series is going to be a bloodbath, and I'm looking forward to watching nearly every single game of that. I think that's going to be absolutely awesome. I mean, the Islanders and Hurricanes are going to be good, and I think I'm obviously more excited for that because I'm an Islander fan. How can you not be? They made the playoffs. Let's go. So hype. But I think from a neutral viewpoint, if I was a t- fan of a team outside the playoffs, which thankfully I'm not, I think I would be most excited for Rangers-Devils. I think it's just such an awesome series. Devils have loaded up. Rangers obviously have done a lot of loading up too, especially in the recent year. So I think that's going to be an awesome series. Let me see. So, oh, this this is nice. This app has their recent scores. So this season, Devils beat the Rangers 5-3. to three. Rangers beat the Devils 4-3. to three. Rangers beat the Devils. Sorry, excuse me. Devils took three out of four. 5-3, 4-3, and 2-1. And Rangers got one, 4-3. As for the Islanders, Islanders won 6-2. And they lost the other three. <laughs> three to nothing, five to two, and two to one. So, you know, they were close. We'll, we'll take it. And the Rangers games were close too. So, I think it's going to be very, very interesting how the cookie crumbles here. Um, let's see what the, what, what the Rangers done. They finished at 47, 22, and 13. Pretty damn good year. Another good year for them. Uh, lost to the Maple Leafs tonight. Lost to the Sabres a couple nights ago. Beat the Blue Jackets and lost the Blues. So a bit of a skid here going into the playoffs, but none of them really bad losses. OT loss, shootout loss, and a one-goal loss to the Leafs. So I don't think there's anything to be concerned about, but I do think the Devils are going to pose a difficult task. But if I had to put my crystal ball in, I would pick the Rangers. And that brings me to my next point. I'm like out of breath. This is actually ridiculous how difficult this is. If you have a solo podcast out there, God bless you, because this is honestly ridiculous. I don't know how people do this. The moral of the story now is, by some stroke of luck, if the Rangers can beat the Devils and the Islanders can beat the Hurricanes, round two is the Battle of New York. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. I'm not going to get excited about it yet, but it's a possibility. So I'm going to cross my fingers. That will be absolutely electric. I don't think Chris and I would be on speaking terms for about a week and a half to two weeks. Um, there are no friends in the playoffs. Um, I'm a very competitive guy, even though I'm obviously not on the team, nor do I try to be one of the people that's like, oh, we, 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 even though I probably do it sometimes. Um, but I want my team to win, and the Islanders are my ride or die. So 
Sorry, Chris, but if that pushing him to shove, you got to do what you got to do. And for all the, my other Ranger fans, friends, Ethan, Suds, if you're listening, I no mercy. I mean, sorry, but that's just how it goes. So we'll see what happens. Um, it's going to be very, very interesting. That's the East playoff picture. I don't know enough about the West to go into that right now. Um, it looks like there's still teams playing. It looks like we're locked into Colorado and Minnesota, which should be a pretty good series. I actually kind of like that. Looks like Winnipeg is locked into the second wild card, which looks like it might be Winnipeg and Vegas right now. And then it looks like we're going to get Seattle and Dallas and then Edmonton, LA. I like Edmonton, LA. I think I, that's actually a crazy matchup because you either got this Kings team who thinks they can go real deep and made a lot of moves going out in the first round, or you got McDavid going on the first round. So that's going to be interesting. I think Vegas has no problem with Winnipeg. I think Dallas dispenses Seattle. Not as easy as people think, but I think they get the job done. And Colorado, Minnesota, I have legitimately no clue what's going to happen in that series. Uh, they hate each other, though, so that's kind of fun. You'll have to see that. They've had some good playoff matchups in the past. So Playoff hockey is here. Chris's third-period live streams are here. My tweets are here. They've never left. Um, and I'm excited. I can't believe the Islanders in the playoffs. I'm happy for Chris that the Rangers in the playoffs. And maybe this year, doubt it, but maybe they will cross paths for once. Probably not, but we'll see what happens. And I guess kind of last of note, Pittsburgh's out. The 16-year reign since 2006. April 2006. I was seven. I was seven years old, about to turn eight in a couple months. That's crazy. This is the first time in Crosby's career he's out of the playoffs. And we have Noel Veskin either. I mean, a new leaf has really been turned. But, man, I mean, the Penguins have really botched their situation. You get 81 games, 82 games tonight out of, excuse me, Malkin and Crosby. And they both put up fantastic seasons. And Latang did too when he was healthy. I mean, obviously he had that scare midseason. But he played a lot of games besides that. And they're all under probably league average for contracts. And your your core, your your supporting cast is at, that bad. And your goaltending's that bad, built by Ron Hextall. And I don't even remember who their GM before that was. I was <laughs> it was Jim Rutherford. Um it's kind of inexplicable that they missed the playoffs, but hey, worked in the Islanders' favors. Favor, excuse me. UBS is gonna be rocking. I'm sure the garden's gonna be rocking, but I'm biased. Heineken Terrace, gonna be great. I mean, this is what you hope for, right? Spring playoffs. The weather is beautiful. Heineken Terrace, open, bumping, DJ, bar. It's what you want if you're an Islander fan. As I'm trying to stretch this out to 20 minutes, which is kind of what I set my goal for. Um, it's going to be awesome. The Stanley Cup playoffs are fantastic. I'm really proud of the Islanders for what they did this season. A lot of good stories. Zach Parise played 82 games as a 38-year-old for the second straight season. What a beast. I mean, I would sign this guy to I think this guy could play till he's 43, 44. He just, he, he looks like he's 25. It's incredible. Um, I would keep Parise around. He's a dog. Um, let's see what else. What, what, what else has happened to the Islanders? Uh, Sorokin starts 62 games. Varlamov, sorry, Sorokin plays in 62 games. Varlamov, 23. Sorokin ends with a 924. Love that. What a beast. What a beast. Um, leading the way in points is Brock Nelson, the most underrated player in the NHL. 75 points. Barzell puts up 51 and 58. Anders Lee with a nice, quiet 28 goals. No Dobson almost hits 50 points. Love that. 
Pajot, pretty good year, 40 points in 70 games. Another 20-goal year for Parise. Palmieri had 33 and 55. Obviously missed a lot of time with a concussion, but good to see him get back on track. Pierre Engvall, real time with goals as a deadline acquisition. You'll have to see that. I think Pulak and Pellick really had a bounce back year. I think something was off with them last year, and Pellick even this year. You know, he misses 20-plus games with a concussion. That's really hard to come back from. It really messes with your brain, as I'm sure somebody with a concussion would know. Um, so it's good to see him back in kind of tip-top shape. He had a great year. Scott Mayfield sets career high in goals with six. Sebastian Ajo, I'm sorry for the slander. He's turned into a fantastic player. We'll have to see him flourish. <laughs> We're actually getting into the battle of the minus two. The battle of the Sebastian Ajos in the first round. So I'm sure nobody will make jokes about that, of course. Romanov, two goals, 22 points. Sezikis, Pelik, each with six goals. Matt Martin, seven goals. Love that. Wallstrom, gone but not forgotten. Hope he's doing okay. Quarterback with six goals. Simon Holmstrom with six goals, three assists. And Hudson Fashing, best story of the year. 19 points in 49 games with 10 goals. Love to see that. Few guys played sparingly. Bull Duke, Johnson, and Parker Waterspoon. Obviously, a few guys here and there, like Arno Durando. I think Grant Hutton might have gotten a game this year. I can't remember. Um, so, a lot of good stories this year. I think they really clawed their way in, and I am excited to watch some playoff hockey. It feels much better this year than it did last year when I had to watch all the other teams while the Islanders had basically been out since December. So this was great. I don't really want to go through the heart palpitations of game 82 again. Felt like Easter 2007, but you take what you can get. So we will see you next week with a playoff episode. I'm not going to do the spiel. It's not my thing. Not going to copy any like broadcasters or anything or Chris, you know, shout out to the old check for that one, but make sure to like comment and (laughs) subscribe, ring that bell. I don't know. That's a YouTube algorithm thing, but yeah, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave me a comment. Tell me how bad I was at this Uh, 22 minutes, you know, can't, can't win them all. Right. But I hope my analysis was worthwhile. If you made it this far, you must really like me. So, I appreciate you. Make sure you follow Chris and I and get ready for next week, a playoff episode for both teams. Tensions are going to be high. Emotions are going to be high. Chris and I might scream at each other. You never know. It's going to get testy. So just be ready. FBTB, first time in history, season three. Both teams are in the playoffs. We will see you next week. Peace. (laughs)